0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. There's been criticism of some GAA coaches in County Carlow after telling members of the under-7 of an under-17 team that if they saw their name down for the soccer squad, they wouldn't be playing in the county final later this evening. And I'm interested in your take on this today. I mean, do you agree with this ban or should young people be encouraged to participate in at least more than one sport? Um, Let us know if you want to get in touch. Fine Councillor Frank Quinlan is with us on the line today. And you're not here to talk politics, Frank, but this is something that you've actually experienced.
1: Well, that's why I saw the tweet um, yesterday, and it, um, it did touch a a chord because I could relate to exactly what, what was said in the in the tweet. Basically, that you're preventing young kids um playing um soccer matches uh, rather than kind of waiting to play a hurling match uh, the following day. You know, I understand there is a, a, an issue with injuries um, with kids and all that. But to tell a child that he can't play a soccer match, that he would be looking forward to all week, rather than uh, wait and play a hurling match and the following day or a few days later, I think it's just not fair on the child. The child, basically, is going to live with fear if the manager, the soccer manager finds out that he plays the match and, and if, he doesn't, if he does play the match, he won't be allowed to play the hurling match. and It does take the whole enjoyment out of the, um, the game that he's leading up to during the week. It takes the fun out of it and um, kind of knocks his confidence that he can't play the soccer match and that team is dependent on him he could be a very good striker and if if the team is missing their best, best striker they're not going to win and i think there should be more communication with soccer and ga um, clubs i i find it more in the county level rather than club level i find i i'm associated with dennis yeah. Al now which is extremely accommodating to kids if they have a soccer match they actually put on training later in the morning to accommodate them if they had a match in the, in, early that morning. So there is ways around uh, overcoming the clash between the soccer and the managers. Like soccer, I think is more accommodating to to her to the GA, where mm. GA is not as much more accommodating to the soccer.
0: Okay. That's where I see okay. It. And is that from your own personal experience with this, Frank?
1: Yeah. Well, well look, um, something similar happened to my son um, in the in the summer. He was removed after the Waterford for county panel because of soccer issues, and he was told he he couldn't play, and he did play, and they found out and this, that, and the other. So and then there was five other uh, five other kids that were on an a under 17 national FAI schools um, semi-final and they were told they couldn't play the under 17 semi-final because they had hurling training that night or they had a, a friendly match um, leading up to the, the, the county matches and they had another under 19 team that were playing in the schools FAI final the biggest competition of their of their school career and they were told they could not play that final because of training the following day or the following evening. I'm not too sure what it was. So they actually lost the under-19 match because three or four of their best players weren't allowed to play. And they lost the semi-finals because three or four of the players weren't allowed to play. Now, that, I think that's scandalous. Like, these are memories... This is your son, have, Frank. Like, is it?
0: that who you're talking well, about, isn't it? Uh,
1: well, uh, with my son and, and a few other uh, players as well. So they, were, they weren't... Now, some of them did play the Under-17. They were defiant that they were playing it. But one or two of them didn't play because they were afraid of their lives to get removed off their, off their hurling team. So they actually lost the semi-final because of that. And then the Under-19 team, and there was four, three or four of them on the water panel and they didn't play the Under-19 final and they lost that. So these are memories that they would I have for know. I'm life. sure they were very upset so,
0: about it, Frank, were they? Oh, look, At the it, time, it, yeah. it,
1: affected, it, it actually affected the whole team. And it turned out, then, you know, because they're all friends and they're all on different kind of Snapchat groups and everything. And when they see this happening, and, and prevented express themselves, and, and prevented from playing mm. in different big competitions, it's just not fair. And it, it takes the good out of it for the kids. And as and it takes, and as I said, like I'm big into fitness. I do a lot of running. I do a lot of um, cycling. I do a lot of swimming. And I know what the exercise. For what children get out of exercise—it builds their confidence, it makes them happier. They lead a healthier life. It's good for their well-being. It's good for you know, with, with each other and it's kind of friends, kind of you know. So there's a lot, there's lots of aspects that you have to consider with. But I think there should be more communication with uh, soccer clubs and hurling clubs okay. leading into game. By like you could easily have hurling matches on, say, on a Sunday morning. Soccer, soccer matches on a Saturday morning are training Tuesday and Thursday for soccer, or Monday and Friday for hurling. So there's ways around it, but there's no communication. It's like a standoff between the two teams, and it's like a, t- a game of tug-of-war with the child. And we want them, they want them, we want them. And like, so, so there should be some kind of... um. Uh, communication with the parents yeah. Well that the seems reasonable activity.
0: enough I think Frank to yes. be fair uh, 53106 is the text line number if you agree with Frank Quinlan uh, on this this afternoon stay with us Frank because Hughie is joining us as well um, Hughie you're involved in, in a soccer club in Wicklow like have you experienced anything like what Frank has outlined there?
2: Yeah I'm um, uh, sorry uh, hello um, yeah I have experience experienced that over the years but I find I and mean, I agree with Frank regards there should be more communication between the coaches of the different sports and it, it solves all this. Um, like I mean if I go back to myself many moons ago I remember we a group of myself and a group of pals we, we played soccer in the morning we were told that if we didn't if we played soccer in the morning we wouldn't be playing gaeling in the afternoon. But like we were kind of back then we didn't like people tennis what it is. we played and we liked playing both. So we, we went ahead and played a soccer match. We Some of us pl- actually played a game match, but some didn't. I want want take, but I think it needs us. These days now, it's communication between the coaches of various teams. Uh, it's paramount. The kids should have put in a uh, position and under pressure. Mm-hmm. to pick one or the other. I think it's wrong.
0: There shouldn't be made pick. There should be allowed participation in both
2: yeah, well, I know. I do know, Like I mean, if I'm speaking from experience, I said my daughter, We we run him under on the forty, and we have a couple of players. One is he was on an intercounty development hurling squad, but he made that decision beyond that, so he had to give his time and efforts to that. not problem we were told that, so we had to plan with him and another guy that um, plays rugby in the school and at a very high level. And we would talk So we work with the parents, the communication is there with mm. the parents. They would love to play both. But unfortunately, that's, that's when you get to the so-called elite level, you have to be prepared to, uh, you know, adhere to the rules. Okay. So lay down on the guidelines, so lay down.
0: Okay. Tim Barry is the club chairman uh, with Rat Errol Errol GA, and he's with us here too, Hughie and Frank. I mean, Tim, why is there not better communication between the different goals?
3: Well there should be better communications between between both. Now, maybe we're just lucky here in Ratowney right Earl that in even in some instances um you could have underage coaches would be that could be doing both. One could, the, the same fellow could be doing the hurling as doing the soccer. Um it seemed a particular problem in Carlos seemed to be it seemed to be an elite um soccer squad who would have been I think training three times a week and they would have had a match and it would have involved travelling to Kerry and Galway and places like that and those the players that were the soccer players that were on that the league squad would have to make a, a decision on whether to play soccer or play Gaelic games it's very it's, it's very hard on kids mm. to expect them to make a decision at that age
0: yeah well, you heard Frank there talking about you know his own experience of this and the family and, and and the pressure on on young people like young teenagers to you know nearly afraid to go out and line out for one team for you know that that, that they'd lose their spot.
3: That's not good, but 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 there is a problem there too. Like you you could have um, say a, a team it would be in a final on a Sunday and. They would be the same guys we expected to turn out to play a soccer match on the Saturday. I could see the coach's point of view on the on the Sunday, that they would be afraid that their players would get injured and their team would be diminished. Okay. So you know, there, 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 there's there's what communications is obviously the team yeah. That, that would solve all
0: that. Well, well th- th- that is a fair point though, Frank, isn't it? Like, there, there, there would have to be consideration given to player welfare as well. If, the, I mean, if you've, if you've, you know, teammates lining out for two and three different codes over the course maybe of a weekend.
1: Well, that's exactly, like, you have to consider the, the child in the game. But, like, if the, like he shouldn't be allowed not to play the match, whether, like, they could be playing a soccer match and he could play, say, 45 minutes of the first half and realize, then he had a hurler match um, the next day, and the team could be winning. Bring off the child, uh, rest him, uh, with the view of leaving play a hurler match. So there's ways around it. Um, I, 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 every situation is different, but as I said, if they had one or two or three matches in a row, it would be too much. But bear in mind, like these are kids that are young, like they don't like like when I was growing up, we were playing six days a week. Like like, like it doesn't. It doesn't affect him as much as you would I think, but, but, but saying, like you have to monitor every situation. And if a child has a soccer match, as I said, um, with a hurling match the following day, you could easily rest, bring him off, rest him, and then vice versa. Then if the, if the child has a hurling match, the, the hurling manager will realize that he has a soccer match the next day. And if they're winning or if they're doing well, take off the child. And uh, and so it so it works both ways, you know. But as I said, that's where the communication comes in. But, uh, but bear in mind as well, like like we missed nearly two and a half years of children mm. playing sports, and these are kids that are sixteen, seventeen years of age. So they missed a, a big part of okay. their um of their sport. And we were like we were encouraging people, uh, children, to play as much sport as possible. As I said, to build their confidence, to express themselves, and like exercise is the key to life. Yeah, oh, no, I know, like absolutely. But is, you, you
0: wouldn't think that, awesome. that from looking at some of the texts coming in. Like this listener here says, it's a disgrace what's happening in Carlo. I think that um those involved should be completely banned. Kids are under enough pressure as it is. This texter, my son attends a school where they eat, breathe and sleep hurling. Himself and his friends were savaged last year by one of their hurling coaches when he saw them playing soccer during their break time in school and, th- and told them that they were a disgrace all of the work that was been done by the school to promote the GAA. Uh, Labour TD Adon O'Reardon is on the line as well. Um, Adon, is this not putting huge pressure on young people?
4: Well, it is. Uh, Myself and Gary Cook from Appear Match actually do a football walking tour um, in, in our spare time and we tell the story of the conflict between the GAA and soccer and how soccer was kind of unloved by official Ireland for the last 100 years. And in the dark old days you did have stories of you know, Dave Langdon spoke about being getting six of the best in front of the entire school assembly for being caught playing soccer. Liam Brady was selected for the Irish youths at the same day as the school uh, challenge match in Gaelic football, was told you played that soccer internationally. You won't be coming back to this school. John Giles says that when he left Ireland to go to England, he said he didn't feel Irish because the teachers in school made him feel that because he played soccer, he was effectively English. And that type of attitude we would have felt would have gone when the ban went in 1971, the ban on Gaelic players, Gaelic EGA players playing soccer or other games. But it does still seem that soccer is considered lesser. Not as much a priority in young people's lives, and I don't think the focus is actually on young people. It's on a game, it's on a particular code, it's on on winning something, it's on the results. And I think young people need to be allowed to express themselves. Elite players at the highest level, uh, or any adult player, picks up um, bits of, of skills and development from all sorts of games that they play. If you talk, you know, talk to Jason Sherlock about his basketball skills, talk to Kevin Moore about the soccer skills he picked up or the GEA skills he picked up. Shane Long is somebody who, has, uh, who played underage hurting for, uh, for Tipperary. But the mindset, I think, sometimes in the school system is that there are lots of schools that would identify themselves as GEA schools mm. or rugby schools, less so soccer. And there, be, there can be and has been traditionally a view of soccer that is lesser. And of lesser importance, and I think that really needs to be challenged because young people are young people. The pressure on them to, you know, to choose one game over another game is unfair, and I think it really harks back to to an old fashioned view of of what is important. What's important is a child, a young person in sport. What's not important, at certainly at that age, is medals and trophies. Because what you remember at the end of your days. It's actually the camaraderie and friendship, not the fact that you were forced to miss a game because somebody's small-minded view.
0: The, the, the point, Huey, that's been made by some texters around, the, like there are people, you know, today who are very much of the view that actually it's completely fair what's happening in Carlo. I remember talking to a dad here on the show. I think it might have been around this time last year. There was a, a fairly similar situation that happened in Offaly. And like there are people making the point today that you do need to consider the player welfare in all of this. And that's an actual fact. This is the perspective that a lot of the coaches are coming from.
1: Yeah, I
2: agree. The player welfare is is the top of it, should be the top priority. But unfortunately what you have and like this is not a new thing. This has been going on for years. Like I mean, and I'm not I'm not here to knock I'm I'm involved with in soccer. Mm. In soccer on belief. life. Um, I'm not here to knock the GA, there's this mad stuff goes on on both sides. And like you I mean mention schools, like in some schools, like I mean, you have the 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 coaches or whatever they're, they're getting the fruit the fruits of maybe the soccer and the GEA clubs who put all the time in for development players and will play players and the kids who want to get out of school will play maybe with injury. So with player welfare, like I mean communication as I think it's a trend here between everybody. Like you I mean we have a match. But as I say, when you go up to the higher level the so called league, let's say. Like I mean if you want to play, say the League of Ireland or whatever. You have to put all your legs and you, you have to You have to choose as far when you get to a certain age if you want to excel at it.
0: How do you orchestrate that better communication, Tim, do you think, between the various different codes that, you know, that we aren't in a situation this time next year or next week where we're having this very same conversation?
3: Yeah, well, it, it comes down to, to the, the relationship that the clubs in the in the particular area would have with each other. I mean, the, the instance there where where um, GAA, some gaa coaches were telling kids that they can't play soccer and at jordan lunchtime i mean that's a bit ridiculous I, I i i would have no no time for that sort of thing but but uh, communications is 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 the whole of it if there if there's a very important gaa game coming up or a very important soccer game coming up like they, they, they should be able to communicate between one another and, and make time for one another.
0: Yeah, like it's it's hard to see when the solution, I suppose, or when the change will happen um, because there's a lot of stories, very similar, Frank, to the, the situation that you outlined at the start of the programme today. This texter says, my son was a competitive swimmer in the pool every morning, half past six. I didn't allow him to attend a school soccer match because I knew he'd be exhausted. He was severely bullied after this and subsequently then went on to move school shortly afterwards. Deirdre's got in touch and says, I totally agree with Frank. My son has school, football and training. Also plays on two soccer club teams. Training, matches and then homework. Far too much expected of young sporting kids. They're wrecked by the time they reach 20. Never mind any of the injuries. Uh, football and soccer in schools should have far better communication rather than having the parents um, forced to make these difficult decisions. And that comes in from Deirdre. Look, keep the text coming into us today. 53106 is the number, but should students or teenagers, young people that are involved in various uh, different codes of sport, should they not be encouraged to take part in more than one form of sport? Or do you agree with the argument around player welfare that the coaches are right to make these difficult calls? Keep the tax coming into us. We will come back to this a little bit later in the program. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan, brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.